Georgi, how's it going, man? Hey, hey. Well, it's been a roller coaster. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So we are we are recording this on um, what is today? Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Russia invading Ukraine. Markets tumble, then rise, then tumble. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Very exciting. And, very and interesting. Yeah, that's exactly obviously uh, just news of the invasion are heartbreaking. No question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's interesting is not the word. It's uh, it's uh, to see this this type of action happening, this type of geopolitical, you know, kinetic conflict happening. Um, you know, I kind of feel like everybody was braced for something. Felt like a, there was a powder keg somewhere in the world that uh, might get ignited, and so to see it happen in this way has been you know, really something else. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've been tracking internally um, have, has been market behavior. Quick, quick note, before we get into this, actually, so what we're going to be talking about today is just market strength in the, uh, in the face of, um, of uh, the recent, recent uh, action from, from Russia um, on Ukraine. So um, before we get into this, quick reminder, nothing we see on this episode is meant to be taken as investment advice. And that is it. It's for information and uh, entertainment purposes only. So um, with that, just a quick note, uh, I checked this before we, we hopped on here. So it looks like that the, the markets in the U.S. are actually going to finish a bit up today, um, which is really interesting. They were down, you know, as far as 2%, I think, in, in, in some at some points throughout the day. And it looks like, uh, you know, we're getting close to the market close here. And it looks like they, they may be finishing up. But the real story um, may be how Bitcoin has behaved during this time. Um, and the real, real story, the story behind the story, um, very well may be Terra. Unbelievable. Our last, our last video was, you know, talking about, uh, you know, just ways to think about kind of the resolve and defense of your, uh, you know, portfolio in, in downtimes. But um, to see everything get sucked down today, or yeah, I guess yesterday, late yesterday, as uh, as Ukraine was invaded, and then to see this kind of bounce back has been really fascinating. So I know we've got a couple of thoughts on on Bitcoin, and then we've got a, kind of a deeper dive we're going to be doing on Luna's. Any any initial thoughts on this? I think you're muted. Yeah, thanks. We saw Bitcoin dip immediately on the news, even though. You know, we had been seeing we have been seeing that price uh, drop to some some support levels, and then Bitcoin bounced back, and uh, so I think that was really remarkable. Uh, clearly, the initial selling and any kind of selling now fear based. Uh, this is very reminiscent of the um, March twenty twenty uh, dip or. Uh, any sort of um, uh, big dips in the past where you have extreme fear, extreme uncertainty, the global markets have a lot of uncertainty, the VIX is up, uh, but Bitcoin bounced back. And I think that's where we see some very interesting behavior, which could, could be uh, supportive of the claim that Bitcoin is now a safe asset or 
uh, a store of value rather than a commodity. Although there is, you can see the conflicting dynamics of both. A lot of institutional traders were trading Bitcoin the last maybe three months or so of downturn. Mm -hmm. They were trading it like a commodity, like a high growth uh, stock with the proper, with like the, 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 the kind of risk profile that those carry. But now it's very curious to see if Bitcoin continues to show strength and maybe even goes above 40K, 42K, some of those other levels um, as a flight to safety. Uh, I just glanced over at the news and obviously that's a huge um, uh, use case for Bitcoin, but we're seeing like the ATMs and the banking in Ukraine and in Russia mm -hmm. being really strained and shutting down and USDT lost its peg in the Ukraine exchanges. Oh, really? uh, because yeah it's well over one dollar because there was just such massive volume uh and i think that that's uh that's indicative of uh ukrainians and other people who are perceiving this uh, high risk environment seeing um bitcoin as a um, as a store of value as a flight to safety yeah i mean Really interesting market dynamics, right? Earlier today, we saw gold pump a bit, um, and now we're seeing gold pull back a bit. Um, and so I bring that up. Oh, that's context. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I bring that I bring that up within the context of this conversation because you know, um, oftentimes Bitcoin is is pointed to as a, an example of digital gold. Um, and so you made this comment, I think you said you heard it on uh, Crypto Banner, and I think it's, uh, it's a well-placed comment. I don't know if you want to go ahead and repeat um, what you heard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I just want to credit just because that's where it came from, whether, whether uh, Bitcoin is going to be seen as uh, a, a commodity or as a, as, a, as a digital gold. And we all think of it that way, but let's see in practice, because it's been so correlated to the stocks lately right it just literally was moving with the stock market behavior right. uh but let's see if now we get uh just a really different behavior here uh that would be very interesting well i mean i was talking with ryan uh wasn't able to join us for this this recording but i was talking mm -hmm. to ryan you know uh, before hopping on and um you know I, just to point this out right tara or luna is up um considerably over the past seven days right oh yeah so, yeah so amazing see yeah seeing that resilience was really fascinating i mean since i've been involved in this you know i think you and i have we've got a few years under our belts here but um you know so seven years right in seven years i have never really seen anything like that where yeah. you've got this ecosystem that is growing like gangbusters um it's and and the the design the design decisions that the the strategic decisions that are being made by tfl um not only to support the growth of the ecosystem which is unbelievable right i mean we've got mars protocol that's around the corner we have white whale that launched we've got nexus that's up and running we've got you know anchor that was recently prism uh, everybody yeah. prism i mean we've got amazing projects amazing yeah. projects but then and it was interesting because i i saw this a little bit on twitter but uh, i didn't really see it be given the 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 kind of exclamation point that i i would have uh, i would have hoped but um recently um tfl do you have an article on this uh with the with tfl yep. and the and the 
the Rays, um, they raised a billion dollars, right, um, uh, to build a reserve, a, basically a Bitcoin reserve um, uh, in, that would help to back uh, UST. And I, I'm, I don't remember, it was that, right, Luna Foundation Guard is what this thing is called, right? Yeah. And so um, very, very interesting. You want to walk us through some of the mechanics of this thing? Yeah, so uh, absolutely brilliant. And uh, I mean, uh, in, in our circle, it, this, this is huge. This is huge. I completely agree with uh, your perspective that um, PFL and uh, specifically the uh, LFG, the Lunar Foundation Guard, are making fantastic decisions. First, we had the half a billion dollar infusion into Anchor, which is now skyrocketing and incredible. And we're all awaiting other B assets as collateral. Second, this, I mean, uh, these are huge moves. I think we're, we're even not even mentioning some of the other moves like the 40 million investment in the uh, Washington Cardinals, I think. Right. Uh, or no, it was the, the, yeah, the, the, the Nationals. Uh, uh, yeah. The Nationals, apologies, Washington National. But uh, here, so this is a, a private token sale. So they did not burn Luna to buy Bitcoin. They sold it to investors who are keeping the coins locked for a period of four years investing throughout those four years. And with the money, they bought Bitcoin. And they're buying Bitcoin at what we consider either a local bottom or one of the bottom, uh, uh, one of the lower levels of Bitcoin. So brilliant move that will definitely create a lot of foundation and solidity for, um, for Luna price and for Terra as a whole. And I mean, presumably, and I can't guarantee, but uh, we all expect Bitcoin to rise significantly over the next four years. This 1 billion will be probably worth five or 10 in the next four or five years. Right, right. I, I, I think the thing that is so notable to me is to, is to see this linkage start to form between Bitcoin and the Terra ecosystem is, is really, really, really important um, for the following reason. I was listening to an interview um, last night. Um, the guy, actually, I sent you this, the cold card wallet, which if you don't mm -hmm. know about CoinKite and cold card wallet, I'll drop something in the, uh, I'll drop a note in the, uh, in the description, in the show notes here. Super, super awesome organization. Um, and um, the guy in NVG, I think, is one of the guys that started this. He goes by the initials NVG. Um, and so he was being interviewed on, uh, on a show last night and they, they, they were talking about smart contracts on Bitcoin and like how realistic is that, right? And so all this is to say is that as we see, and, and his opinion was, you know, not very realistic. Um, you know, if you get into like, you know, the, the lightning, the perspective from, you know, the lightning nodes and lightning network that's set up, you know, you kind of have this kind of hint of like, you know, what, what's smart contracting or, you know, a true L2 on top of blockchain, uh, on top of Bitcoin might look like. Um, but it's really interesting to think about um, in the long run, something like Terra being a, uh, a transfer layer 
um, and then having a clear and just very straightforward, um, you know, gateway in and out of Bitcoin, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I think that putting, linking these two assets in this way, it's so appropriate and it's so, it's so forward thinking. Um, and, you know, I, I can't help but think that in the near term, we're going to see um, a push for deeper integration between uh, Terra and, uh, and Bitcoin in some way. I mean, imagine, imagine being able to just, you know, seamlessly, quickly, easily, um, you know, transact, yield farm, um, pay for things just generally in your life over the Terra rails but then also having simple access to, you know, being able to convert out of UST into BTC. I mean, that would be an unbelievable, you know, move, uh, move in, a, in a really interesting direction. And the parallel that I would draw is like, even in traditional banking today, you've got just banks that are moving things around with SWIFT or whatever. And then you've got people that are also holding, you know, holding uh, wealth in Bitcoin. So it yeah. just sub kind of swift for Terra. Um, and you could imagine like a really, really interesting, you know, transaction layer that then is, is able to be um, where you're able to kind of port uh, some, uh, you know, savings or um, value that you want to store into, into, into uh, something like Bitcoin. So, and I guess the, the, key, yeah. the key that I'm trying to, the point that I'm trying to make here is having that type of optionality um, amongst, you know, the assets like Bitcoin. I mean, that's just so smart. So smart. Yeah, that's brilliant, actually. Brilliant point. I never thought of it that way. But um, we all know Bitcoin is Bitcoin, right? I mean, it holds up the entire crypto space. It's, uh, it's the, not just the one that came first, but as a store of value complete and uh, um probably will stay unparalleled uh, from that perspective. And then we see a lot of the stablecoin plays, a lot of them are centralized, the USDT with maybe some cloud over it and UST coming in this pure form as a decentralized. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, obviously we both have seen both and Luna, the UST, Luna Dynamics. But if you think of UST as the decentralized stablecoin that Bitcoin needs, um, it elevates them above because they're both uh, so aligned in the fundamentals that other stablecoins cannot offer, uh, right? Almost the other stablecoins are in a way bridges into the fiat world and they belong more in the fiat world because I, I do I, that's the point right? that is the point i could not agree with you more and i think that like we are i mean you know just to put my cards on the table i think we're moving quickly and i mean the guys that are that are the way that terraform labs has come together like their mandate in the beginning was programmable money and that mm -hmm. has been the thread throughout everything that's been done on platform. And so with UST, we saw late last year, you know, a variety of different blockchains that were like, hey, we need a UST. We need an algorithmically, you know, uh, an algorithmically managed stablecoin. And it's like now the, the, the goal of Terra is like, no, 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 don't do that. Just use ours, right? Just pour it over and use, and use this. And so, you know, we see things like that's today, right. 
like when the hammer comes down, we see USDT break, right? Like that's the decoupling that's got to happen. You've got to right. be able to, to, so all that is to say, I, I can absolutely see a path, which is becoming clear and clear, you know, by each passing day where UST absolutely usurps um, USDT. I mean, it, it is the asset that makes sense yeah. operating in these, uh, in these ecosystems. And, you know, it's, we saw, we saw, you know, we saw challenges in Canada around, uh, you know, around things still being too, too centralized, um, you know, around financial censorship. We, yep. Now we've seen this, this peg break a few, you know, a few weeks right. later yeah. in Ukraine. I mean, it's like this drive to decentralization is probably one of the most important things in a world that is, uh, that's so chaotic. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just going to be really interesting to see this play out. But, um, you know, in order for decentralization to work at scale, you've got to have optionality. Um, and so, you know, UST uh, continuing to grow and, and, you know, I mean, Do Kwan say, said that in 2022, his goal was uh, UST at, a, at 100 billion, right? The market cap of USDT is what seventy four billion or something like that, right? So like so so yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I, I just feel like I feel like that these comments uh, aren't just made like off the cuff, right? There's a plan, um, and I think that this is probably a very proper and interesting step in that direction. So so yeah, just real points, quick, man. Real yeah, quick, real quickly here. Um, how are you thinking today about this bounce in in crypto right i mean if if like if kinetic war mm. isn't like i mean that is that's that's the one thing well there're going to be many firsts in 2022 i'm sure but yeah. kinetic war with like nation states that are of this size where you've got the united states you've got you know uh, the European Union, you've got Russia, obviously, you've got China somewhere in this in this picture. Um, and we're seeing this type of just, you know, uh, chaos from a from a uh, from a uh, kind of sovereign perspective, you know, the perspective of sovereignty, we're seeing some chaotic movement here. But then like, if we if we say, okay, let's abstract away. And I'm this is a terrible tra tragedy. So I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to, uh, to lessen it. But if we abstract away this this chaos that's happening and we say, OK, well, markets still matter in a chaotic right. world. Um, how are you thinking about, you know, today's data point? Um, yeah, yeah. Great question, um, because it really brings up um, the, uh, the, the, the sort of the dichotomy here. You have this war political and 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 uh, um, and 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 uh, aggressive uh, action that is happening and is disrupting things and a lot of arguments were made oh Putin will never do that because it doesn't make economic sense and you see that some of these actions may 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 seem irrational economically but they're rational from my ideological point of view right and uh, so so definitely we see that. And so we see markets also being impacted, but then 
people have to like us like everyday people people in ukraine people in the uh, in the regions around it people who are destabilized they have to worry about their survival their stability their income so that's where you see that they're reaching beyond the centralized because banks are limiting i think withdrawals in ukraine atms are uh, uh, done you need a different kind of um, access to finances, different kind of financial system that can support you in these kinds of times where all the centralized agencies have capitulated. So, uh, or, or they're strained by the conflict or there are going to be sanctions now. So you see also Russians worried about it. Right. You see the Russian markets dropping 30, 40% right. as well, right? I mean, that's a, that's a, but but to an ideologist, maybe that's not a price they that's a price they can pay for rebuilding the USSR or whatever. Right. But but for everyday people, now what do we do? That's where crypto comes in. And maybe four years ago in 2017, crypto was still oh yeah, Silk Road, hackers. It's uh, it lost 90 something percent in the recent drop. People weren't sure. Now Bitcoin is established as a store of value. Whatever you talk say about El Salvador, they put up Bitcoin on the map as a as a. I mean, even even Russia themselves are trying to recognize Bitcoin as a currency, right? Um, so so now people can see Bitcoin and crypto as something that is beyond borders, right? Yep. Something that I can reach reach to. And that's where I wanted to point out, like you, you mentioned this just in your previous point. Now decentralization's value is actually coming to the forefront. It's not just abstract, oh yeah, let's be decentralized because it's cool and people like it. And the Canada case and everybody else, you're seeing now, well, decentralization matters so much because either USDT or other stable coins that are centralized, when you have a conflict and the central entities impacted, they're done. Now you need a decentralized network where you have the ability to reroute these dynamics, right? That's why we have decentralized uh, flight paths, right? If everything was going through Chicago and Chicago gets a bad weather, now you have single point of failure. Right. All the flights from the East Coast to the West Coast in the US are impacted. So now we have to reroute and, and retail and, uh, and, and the industry have, have solved this problem. They have the, at least distributed, let's not say decentralized, but at least distributed. Now we're seeing the power of decentralization because people have access to markets with proper price discovery and fair value, even in these times of, of uh, chaos and turmoil. Yeah, I mean, and you know, we'll uh, we'll start to wrap here, but just yeah. a, a you know, I, a closing comment for me, and then I'd love to get a closing comment from you. You know, my closing comment is is like, you know, if you in a world where we don't have this type of chaos in a world where, you know, the government, the jurisdiction that you live in is dependable and has your best interests in mind, like of, and in that in that fantasy land that I'm, I'm describing, you know, then then you have this conversation of like, oh, well, Bitcoin, it's like a, you know, and I've referred to this, referred to it in this way in the past is like this global risk asset and like, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to retract a bit of that, I think, because like, 
you know, this is not just a, you know, an asset that can be gamed for alpha, right? It's something much more than that. And if you think that um, we live in a chaotic world, which we do, and you think that um, people are more responsible for, for uh, people make government possible. It's not government making people possible, right? Like, I mean, even under a dictatorship, right? Like if everybody yeah. was following the orders and doing exactly what the dictator said that they needed to do, you wouldn't need a dictator. You know what I mean? Because everybody would be headed in the same direction and every, you wouldn't have to have such a heavy hand. So if we live in a chaotic world, which I think we do, and if ultimately the pyramid of power you need the base and the base are the people, then what happens when chaos disrupts, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a central a financial authority? Well, they shut down ATMs. They, you know, they uh, shut down banks so that there's not a run on the bank. And you, ju you, you just don't have these problems in this type of technology. So now the way that I'm thinking about it is that like, you know, and maybe this is obvious to some Bitcoin maxis, right? But like the, the, um, the march of this technology and the march of Bitcoin in particular, and I believe, you know, Terra, the Terra ecosystem, like this really comes in because like, you know, when bullets are flying, you, your fiat's not yeah. worth anything. Like it's just, it's not, it's just not. And, and the reason is, is because you might be locked into a jurisdiction where the rules right. have been suspended. But when, yeah. when your rule set is a protocol and the adherents of that rule set are global and, and you know, anonymous or semi-anonymous, now you have this kind of meta rule set, this meta, you know, value that you can still participate in to buy bread. I mean, let's be, let's yeah. be really, really honest. So, so, you know, I think that that's, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, uh that the that financial um financial stability can be extended to jurisdictions that are in turmoil by jurisdictions that are not in turmoil and that is simply describing the rationale for decentralization in a slightly more poetic way so um, <laughs> you know <laughs> great so. point uh, yeah and i and i just to add to 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 that i actually never answered your question directly but i'm buying now and and what you're seeing here is specifically on uh, the example of of ukraine there were uh, there was a set of hacks that preceded the the invasion today and these hacks destabilized major infrastructures basically even if um, even if um, the, the impact was contained, the hacks that came from Russia um, and into Ukraine served to really scare and disrupt and take out some uh, systems and government services and so on. And that's exactly where you get to think, well, do I want to keep my money in a bank that could be shut down electronically with a with a with a hacking attack, or do I want to keep my money in something like Bitcoin crypto, where you see Bitcoin, you you ban the miners, they migrate elsewhere. So there's this resilience, and that resilience now pays off tremendously. So another bullish case, I think, for Bitcoin, we should see. I I expect even if there's fear and people dump. I expect the prices to go up just because I do see this as a store of value and not a safety asset. 
I totally agree with you. So I'm buying. Yeah, buying, I, buying. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, you know, this is just another data point that says the decentralized world is headed in the right direction. And, you know, um, obviously we'll have to see how it plays out, but this was a huge, this was an extremely interesting um, just, you know, moment in time to witness. And the last thing I'd say on this is like, I, I think yeah. sometimes I even conflate the, the two, these two things, right? Just because we're talking about like a decentralized, you know, digital uh, store value or currency or whatever, what that does not mean is that there's not a kind of physical, you know, physical manifestation of that. That doesn't mean that everything constantly just exists on the internet, right? And what I would point to, and I'll try to find this interview and drop it in our show notes, but this yeah. interview with, uh, with Cold, the Cold Card founder, I mean, it's like, it makes sense. Like we live in a physical world and we're going to live in a physical world for the foreseeable future, metaverse be damned. Well, I mean, eventually, but like, for the in the near in the near to you know medium term we're still going to live yep. in a and probably long long term really in many ways we're still going to live in a physical world so like that being said you know bitcoin transactions can be uh can be you know propagated over ham radio for example right like i mean maybe doesn't work so well with miners but like when it comes to being able to like transact this stuff in the worst case scenario there are still paths to handle, you know, handle the handle value on the Bitcoin uh, network or in the Terra ecosystem, for that matter. Um, uh, you know, yeah. when, you start, when you start thinking about the confluence of, you know, hardware wallets with um, and like physical, you know, uh, yeah. items that allow you to physically uh, uh, transact and then you, you roll in and that is supported by this global decentralized network. And I think like that's that's the punchline because like again when things get chaotic, the systems that need uh, peace and calm to work are not going to work. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and this thing supports the like let's remove boundaries, right? If two governments want to fight each other and like uh, Russian government wants to take over the Ukrainian government, install and whatever, do Russian people, Ukrainian people really? want that is that like the i mean and i'm not talking about political i'm talking about every day right. day to day right and and let governments do whatever as long as we have the ability to put our uh, the representation as you've mentioned in the past our time and effort which is money into an asset that truly can preserve it and i think that's bitcoin that's crypto obviously with luna coming in and luna and terra coming in as an ecosystem that complements that in terms of all the decentralized financial services i think that then all this government political stuff that's going on that impacts everybody because the government controls and is uh, you know in charge of all of these fundamental financial services for now i think that becomes irrelevant and probably will not even exist. I, I'm not saying like some some Bitcoin maxis say, okay, Bitcoin is peace. But if you actually look behind that, then you can actually see that truly this, this revolution that we're part of is going to bring about less conflict because you will have truly um, uh, something that is harmonious and something that is driven by uh, uh, organic processes rather than some maniacal ambitions and political models. Yeah, point, 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 uh, well made, man. Point well made. Um, 
Well, uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for thanks for taking the time. And I want to remind everybody to come see us on Twitter at TTLG underscore crew. Um, same handle on Instagram. Uh, and we've got our medium links and all that in uh, in those those profiles. So, Georgi, I appreciate the time today. Thank you. Likewise. Great chatting with you, Joseph. All right. See you, man. Talk to you next time. Yeah.